Good evening, everyone. Um, can we all just um, pray a while, please? Father, we bless you. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We glorify you. There is none like you. We thank you for the workings of your spirit amongst our lives. Thank you for the ministries of God. You have privileged us with. We thank you for giving us opportunities to serve you. We thank you, dear Lord, for the grace of God bestowed to teach, to minister, to do your work in the earth. Thank you for your precious spirit. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the anointing of God's spirit. It aids us. The anointing of God's spirit that works in our lives to reveal Jesus in all his majesty. You are building your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The time draws near when man's heart must prepare when the Son of Man at the sound of the trumpet call. leave heaven and come again. Behold, O Zion, your salvation draws nigh. O precious Lord, O precious Lord, circumcise our hearts Purify our hearts. Help us. Help us discern the times. And help us prepare accordingly. <clears throat> we thank you for the spirit of truth who guides us into all reality. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, I trust everyone is well. Uh, we have a special guest this evening. Uh, and... Um, You'll know why he's here in a few minutes. But I hope you're good. I hope you're good and you have a good week. Last week, during the Word Symposium, the Spirit 
of God came upon me. And I was taken to the visions of God. And the Lord showed the future and the events which are about to transpire. Toward the end of that vision, I was making my way back and I saw a huge clock. I don't know if, if, if you've seen the, the, the clock, that clock in England that's so uh, world-renowned. It's, it's making zoo of that sort. The small dial was, was at the, the 12th mark. The long dial of that clock was between 55 and 60. And the one that winds had just crossed 15, the 15 second mark. And a voice said to me, tell them, when all these dials reach the hour mark, He says, the end of this age will come. And the coming of thy Savior will be near. I, I didn't understand what the clock really I knew what it was, but I didn't understand how it related to the timing of what the voice said to me. And I just kept meditating on it. I just kept praying on it. And the understanding came And I'll share with you what was told me, probably not, not tonight, but I, I will share with you. But what I want to say to you is that time is shorter than we think. The time is shorter than we think. Remember he said, the coming of the Son of Man will be, he says, that day will be like a thief that cometh in the night. You don't know what hour. In other words, many will not be anticipating it. Many will not be readied for the day. Because it will come upon us like a thief in the night. And my brothers, being given the privilege 
to walk the corridors of eternity and to see beyond the veil of time, I can tell you that everything in heaven, everything in the dimensions of the spirit is preparing for this day. And it seems that God and the spirit beings are amazed that those of us in the earth are not even aware or concerned about it. Before I woke up this evening, this morning, I was, I was in a dream and, and, and that's part of the reason why I, I asked my dear brother, Pastor Raphael, to, to come join us. In the dream, we were in a classroom and there were, it looked like there, was, there were lectures and I happened to be the one that was standing in front and giving the lecture. And I was telling those that were there that there is a pre-tribulation attack against the body of Christ. On, on the board were three words and I was hearing and seeing myself relay the future that is near that three demonic spirits have been sent out across the face of the earth. And their names were written on the board. The first one was called deception. The second one, seduction. And the third one was called offense. And I was saying to the people, the assignment of these three demonic entities is to lead and cause many to depart from the faith. And many are about to depart from the faith. Many are about to depart from the faith. You see, don't, don't get it wrong. Departing from the faith does not necessarily mean stop, stopping to be a Christian. What it, what it encompasses is a deviation, a perversion of the tenets of the gospel. A departure. You know, like what the Bible says, the angels left their st- their estate they left their original place and this is what is about to happen this is is what is about to happen and I was saying that when I came out of the dream 
the Spirit of God said to me, go strengthen their foundations. Go strengthen their foundations. Go strengthen their foundations. You know, for a time, I've been sharing with you the importance of acknowledging the ministry gifts of Jesus Christ and how vital it is that the body of Christ recognizes the place, the role that the ministry gifts have in the body of Christ. Because there can be no mess spiritual advancements in the earth without the acknowledgement, the recognition, and the active participation of the ministry gifts of Jesus Christ in the lives of God's people. I'd like to read you two scriptures, elaborate on that uh, very quickly, and then hand over to Pastor Raphael. Psalm 82 Oh, something is coming. You know, something something is coming, my brothers, my sisters. It will shake the whole body of Christ. It will shake it. It will shake it to its knees. One of the reasons this is happening, like I said, uh, like, like I said in, in, I think it was three, three weeks, four weeks ago, that God is going to hurt his people that his people can wake up. That his people can wake up to the reality of the kingdom and the purposes for which he has begotten us. It's Psalm chapter 82, and then we'll read Matthew chapter 16, and then I will hand over to Pastor Raphael. Psalm 82 verse 5. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. They do not know, nor do they understand. There is a war against the acquisition of sound knowledge. There's a war against the acquisition and the possession of sound doctrine. There's a war against, against, against understanding of spiritual reality. There's a war. And this is one of the reasons why many ministers are, are very blind, are very blind, are very deaf, and are very, you know, it's like a spirit of stopper has come upon them. One of the reasons why this is so is because most of them are greedy bastards. Most of them only care for their own stomachs. They only care for things that pertain to them and they do not care about the things of the Lord. So a veil has come over them, prohibiting them from seeing and understanding. So we have lying prophets. We have lying teachers. We have lying apostles. Not because they are not called. Not because God has not called them but because they have given themselves over to lasciviousness. 
And this has allowed a deep, deep lack in knowledge and understanding in the body of Christ. There's only two ways, two major ways that Jesus, that Jesus builds his church. The absence of these two uh, principles results in darkness and destruction. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how, how much how much miracles, how much visions, how much uh, 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 gifts are displayed, the absence of these components, these two frameworks in the body is danger. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, Jesus said to Peter, he said, you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this rock, I will build my church. I, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. And there has been much debate about what Jesus meant when he said upon this rock. All you need to do is read the context. The context had to do with the source of the information that Peter gave Jesus. It had to do with what was revealed to Peter about who Jesus is. And Jesus said to Peter, based on what Peter said to him, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, this information does not proceed from any earthly sphere. It is information straight from the spirit. And he says, on the basis of that revelation, so, so it, it, it matters because Jesus said, I will build my church based on revelation. Based on revelation. So the building of the church of Jesus Christ is not based on the numerical value but on the structural integrity. When a storm comes, it does not matter how big a building is. It does not matter how large a building is. It does not matter how large the people are in that building. What will matter at the end of the day when that storm comes is whether or not that building is able to handle the force of the storm. It's the structural integrity that matters. Just look at what happened during COVID-19. Look at what happened during COVID-19. And mass all around the world globally, churches shut down. Churches shut down because government leaders who, who conjured up a sinister scheme and a sinister plan decided what must happen and decided what was important to society and decided that the church was not part of it. And they said, all churches must shut down. And I have not seen any, any prominent man or woman of God given a platform, a, a heavy platform in South Africa, in the nations of the world that said, I will not close my church. You know what they did? All of them closed their church and then they started speaking online. You, 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 how bad, how bad, how bad does that action reveal about them? You know what it says? Jesus says, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell shall not prevail. In other words, if the gates of hell can cause you to compromise or succumb to its dictations in any area, it means that Jesus is not building you. It means that Jesus is not building you. And this tells us that a large majority of the churches around the world are not being built by Jesus. There is no structural integrity in their framework. And I said there are two components which matter. It is the doctrinal and revelational framework that makes a church or identifies a church as being built by Jesus. Because all foundations, all foundations are built. Paul says, I build I, as a master, as a master builder. He says, I'm careful to see upon which foundation. He says, no other man can lay a foundation other than that which Jesus Christ has laid. And he himself is called the chief cornerstone. And it is upon the premise of the doctrine that he brought, the revelation that he brought, that his church must be built. So the materials of building has to do with the, the, the doctrinal and revelational uh, materials and framework that are brought to us. And I can assure you now with certainty and with prophetic accuracy, even as the Lord Jesus Christ revealed that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the sons of man. That even though eight were saved during that time, there will be very few in this time that are saved. And you know, you know what will determine that? And you know what determines that? It's not the miracles that go on in a church. It's the doctrine. It's the foundation. It's the revelation of the spirit of God, of the spirit of truth that Jesus uses to build his church. You can't stand against deception if your, your reins, your loins are not girded with truth. You cannot stand against seduction if your soul has not been strengthened, rooted in Christ and his doctrine. And you know what is the doctrine of Jesus Christ? The number one doctrine of Jesus Christ that every single believer must adhere to is that he himself gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Because he's not going to do any building without this structural framework in place. And that's why severe judgment. You know, you know, sometimes when we speak prophetically like this, most of God's people have the attitude that we'll just wait and see. I can assure you, this is not something you want to wait and see. This is not something that you want to wait and see. Because the judgment was so swift, so swift. And God is judging and moving on. He's not judging and staying behind. He's judging and moving on. So the Lord has mandated us to strengthen the foundations. And this is what we're going to do <coughs> for the next couple of weeks.
is strengthen the, the foundations. Strengthen the foundations. And Pastor Raphael is, I don't know even how to put it. I was thinking the other day that, because uh, I was just going through some of the things that we were, we've discussed in the past, some of the teachings and revelations that we'll be dis discussing in the past. And I was like, dear Lord Jesus, what a gift. Because the Bible tells us that they continued in the apostles' doctrine. They never say, the Bible never said they continued in Jesus' doctrine. It says in the apostles' doctrine. And it takes an apostolic anointing, an apostolic grace to, to administer doctrine, to extract doctrine from scripture. Only an apostolic anointing can do that. Only an apostolic grace can do that. And God has given us grace and privilege to be under such ministries that can extract doctrine from the scriptures for the purpose of building and bringing integrity to the structure. If the gates of hell are not to prevail in your life, child of God, if the gates of hell are not to be prevail in your life, you've got to check your structural integrity. You've got to check how strong are your foundations. You've got to check how much the Bible says, you know, I read that scripture when I was meditating during the, the Bible says, there is no wisdom. There is no understanding, no counsel against the Lord. That means the, the understanding, counsel and wisdom of the Lord is 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 the primera is the primera of christian life and that counsel that understanding that wisdom there is no in other words no 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 your mother your father the best psychologists the best philosophers the best professors they, they cannot amass they cannot amalgamate enough wisdom to compete with the Lord's wisdom. They cannot amass enough understanding and counsel to compete with that which is the Lord's. And we have been given through the spirit of truth vessels to communicate wisdom, to communicate knowledge and understanding for the purpose of strengthening and building the church. Because Jesus said, when the Lord shall build Zion, he shall come with his glory. And it is now more than ever where we need to check ourselves to see loopholes in our structure that needs to be strengthened. Because the Bible says, if, thy, if, thy, if you fail in the day of battle, thy strength is weak. Thy strength is weak. And weakness will not do in the coming chapter of this aeon that we are in. Weakness will not do. Weakness will not do. So we, we, we by the instruction of God going to allow the Spirit of God to minister to us through His words, the revelation of His word. Uh, before I hand over to Pastor Raphael, in, you know, it just dawned on me, 20, 15 years ago, 15 years ago, 20, 2007, I, 
I came to the Lord, the very first time I ever stepped foot in a church was on my birthday, it was my 16th birthday, the 21st of September. It was a Friday, I remember. My aunt had invited me to church. There was some youth conference going on there. And that day I sat in the third room and I was wondering what in the world am I doing here? What on earth am I doing here? People were singing, dancing, you know, pulling up chairs, all those things. And afterward, some pastor, some pastor was wearing all black with some chain, gold chain with a cross. He came to preach. I don't know if he was American or trying to be American. And he was preaching. And in my mind, I wanted to leave. Three-day conference. When the sun is Friday in the evening, I hoped the next day my aunt would say, we are not going. My aunt said, we are going. I went there the Saturday. I went there the Sunday. And I'll be honest, I didn't hear nothing. Frankly, I didn't want to be there, right? I went for five weeks. From, from that week, five weeks, I went every Sunday. My aunt would drag me to church. The first time I've been to a like, Christian church, I know what's going on. I went there five weeks. Throughout all those five weeks, I didn't hear nothing. I'd just be there, zone out. The last week, which was the 28th, the Sunday, this day, on the 28th of October, I'm sitting four seats from the back because we were, we were in some school hall. I'm sitting four seats at the back. I'm sitting in the middle of that row. And that Sunday, I didn't want to go. I tried to wake up late. Church started at 10. I think I woke up half past nine or something. My aunt came in, knocked the door. Vuga, vuga, sits onto it. I don't want to go that Sunday. I don't know why. So, finally we go. We got to church about 11, half past 11. So everybody's sitting. You know how it is when you get to church late. The pastor is preaching. Everybody's sitting. Eyes turned. So the only seats were like at the back, right in the middle. So squeezed in, sat at the back. And the pastor was preaching. I remember, I'll never forget that day. The pastor was preaching about your spirit, how your spirit man is a container of words and words are a container of power and all those things. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, hey, let this guy finish, man. I'm sitting like this. Let this guy finish. He does what he does. We all stand up. The pastor says, everybody close your eyes. You've been here, you heard the word of God. Talked about heaven, talk about all those things. I didn't hear all those things, right? All in my mind, I was thinking about was, we, I gotta leave, I, I gotta go back home. I gotta go catch Eddie Zondi's uh, uh, session at three. That's all I'm thinking about. I don't know between what you are saying and what happened, I, I don't know what happened. I was closing my eyes. The place was 
quiet, silent. For the first time in my life, I felt something I never felt before. I felt like somebody poured hot honey all over my body and that thing dripped all over me. It was the presence of God. Tears started rolling down my eyes. You know, I felt that thing. It, it, It was like, you know, it was like ecstasy. I've never felt anything like that before, but whatever it was, I wanted more of it. And that day I heard God's voice. The Holy Spirit said to me, do you want to be my son? Without anything, I found my hand up, tears down my eyes. God, God is my witness. God is my witness. That day, I was the only one. In fact, we were two. It was me and some other girl. But she, nothing ever became of our life, right? So I'll, I was the only one that day to receive the altar call. The only one. Only God knows why. Only God knows why. 15 years later, we're still walking with Jesus. And who would have known that a couple of years later, on this same day, this same day, we would inaugurate my brother's ministry in the Lord. A ministry he didn't want 10 years of walking with the Lord and on the 28th of October 2018 the Lord sends them out into the ministry. There are no coincidences in life. There are no coincidences in life. And for the last four years it has been awesome relishing the ministry of Pastor Raphael. And I can tell you, this is a very peculiar ministry, very peculiar teaching office that God has given my brother. And there's some impartations. You know, I haven't been speaking to him for some couple of months now. God told me to do something and I just went into it. And we haven't really been uh, talking, just keeping tabs here and there. But today I just texted him. I said, no, please uh, this is what I think I feel in my heart that you you need to come grace us with your ministry because I've been keeping tabs in the spirit. You know, I've been talking to him, but I've been seeing what's been going on. There's been some mobility in the Holy Ghost, and uh, we need that. We we need we need the produce, the consequence, the grace of that advancement. So I'm just going to hand over to him right now and then uh, he's going to bless us. And this is the pre- play, 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 preliminary uh, introduction. Next week, he'll, he'll, he'll be with us the, the entire service uh, on Friday. So uh, without any further ado, let's all please welcome Pastor Rafa Yell. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The number one problem uh, we have as a people that serve God is that belief is a major challenge. Yeah? It's a major challenge. It might sound very simple. Yeah? 
But I can assure you, it is the number one challenge we as a people have. It's high up on the list. Do we believe what God says to us? And when I say that, I'm talking about when God speaks to us by spirit. And when the spirit of God ministers to us, whether it's in prophecy, whether it's by intuition, but whether it's by impression, whether it's by a dream, do you and I believe what is being spoken to us? Very popular in the Bible, you know, uh, the one guy says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief because there exists an area where people struggle to believe. You understand? Let's take a very simple thing like our health. Yeah. So a person gets uh, a minor headache. You understand? A minor headache. I mean, this headache is so light. It's so light. It's so light. But the person will not speak the word and allow the word of God to minister to the disease or the condition. But instead, they will resort to some medical grandpa, aspirin, whatever the case may be. But that same person would say they believe in healing. Are you with me? Now, the question is, does that, per, uh, does that particular person believe or do they not believe? You can't be on both sides. If I have a headache now and I request water and a grandpa and I take it, it means I do not believe that I can be healed with the word of God for this ache in my head. Is that true? So people generally, they have a problem with belief. I'm speaking to you, but one of my, one of my challenges in life was belief. I never ever could believe that God could supply my financial needs. Never, never, impossible. That was for 10 years. I couldn't believe it was possible that God could supply my financial needs. That was in my heart, you understand? No matter what I said, in my heart, it was resolved that God cannot supply my financial needs because when I grew up from the age of 12, I started working. And whatever I earned, I gave it to my household. I gave it to my mom to take care of the home. You see? And so this stain, it was inside of me. When the word of God presented itself to me about financial liberation, in my heart, in my heart I was out. I wanted to. I really wanted to, for God's sake, not even for my sake, for God's sake. So the word of God can be true. But the reality is, in my heart, I had a problem. I still knew I had to go work. I still knew I needed to work to pay the bills. And that was not God helping me. That was me helping myself. You with me, family? Although the Bible says that you seek first the kingdom of God, and all things are added. But for me, it was not a reality. And my heart could not take that in. You with me, family? And what's important, as pastor ministered, he said that the spirit of truth is very, very important. One needs to be honest with themselves. It's either you believe or you don't believe. It is better to say, I don't believe, 
than to say I believe and you don't believe. Because then at least you are being honest and then the Spirit of God can work with you. But if one does not believe and they say they believe, you see the hypocrisy in that? So what you do to yourself, you confuse your being, you confuse your soul. Because to in church, we scream and say we believe. Then when the rubber meets the road and we're no longer in church, our mouth says something else. Hence, we created a problem now, you see? Now we're building a problem in our soul. We build this problem in our soul. So when the word of God comes, it's fighting against a stain that is so thick on your soul on your soul and on my soul that it cannot penetrate. Do you know it's possible that the word of God will not bear fruit in the life of a believer? Do you know that there are no guarantees to a person that receives the word of God? There are absolutely none, which means I can receive an accurate word from the Lord and nothing will ever happen in my life. The word is true. The word is accurate. The word is correct. But me as an individual, nothing will manifest in my life. And bless the Lord that uh, over the years, over the years, um, one has been very inquiring with the Lord as to me, myself, how to walk in something with my family and help others as well you know to break to get these realities and truths and for many years i was one that was lost as your pastor said he was five weeks in church he was lost i was 10 years eight years eight to ten years lost 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 your pastor got saved in a church i'm afraid to say i got saved in a bar I was drinking with some friends and I heard a voice say to me, you must get saved. I said to my friends that were with me, I'm getting saved. And that is where my salvation took place, not in a church. It took place in a bar while I was drinking beers, lion lager to be exact. But little did I know that that one action, that one action when I heard what was said and I repeated what was said, it brought me salvation. Because with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Are you following me, family? So, I heard and I spoke. And it sealed the deal. I was saved. 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 Without no church, nothing, I was saved. Then a guy I used to travel with, he saw me inquiring about what he said because he was saved. And he felt he had to take me to a church. The day he took me to church is the day my journey in the Lord ended. It ended because all that I read in the Bible, all that I read in the Bible, I could not find it in the, in the church. Tell me, You've been around for a long while. You probably watch ministers. When last 
you were besides your pastor, you heard somebody speak about Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, and Matthew chapter 7. The words of Jesus bring revelation on the... It's not there. It's not there, family. The best that is there is the repeats of Paul the Apostle, bless his soul. But the revelation of who Jesus is is not there. Are you with me? And by the grace of the Lord, I can confidently say that some things have been given to make this thing very, very plain and very, very practical to help a people get what is theirs. So from the time, or rather, before I even met your pastor, whenever, whenever we would receive a word from the Lord, we would never ever rest as husband and wife until what was spoken actually happens. Never rest, never, 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 never. When I met, when I met, uh, when I met your pastor in Cape Town, he can tell you, I was on my own beat. He was on his own beat, but I was searching. I was searching for something more, and we found somebody that was very, very close. And searching, imagine uh, taking a um, taking a uh, taking transport to Cape Town when you got no money. You got a thousand rand. And you're going to try to get answers to what God has spoken to you. You with me, family? That's the intensity. That's the intensity that uh, one, one had. I, re I recall when I came up to my melody, my first time, if you can recall, right? I came up with 750 rand. Your pastor thought by that time I was a millionaire or something. I came up with 750 rand. I drove from Durban, yeah? I got an impression from the Lord, go to Mamalodi. I did not know directions. The GPS to your church location does not function. From the time I left home till the time I got to Pretoria, I prayed, I played the Bible consistently, nonstop. When I left Mamalodi, likewise, I did the same because we want what God has said to manifest, to be visible. You with me, family? So what I'm showing you is that if one has a desire for what is said, all things are possible. But if one doesn't possess a desire, we've got to find out why do I not have a desire? And if one does not have a desire, it's because they do not believe what is spoken. It sounds good. It sounds nice. I'm part of the clan. But me personally, I do not believe. And you don't need to worry if you are a person that does not believe. Because there are solutions for a person that struggles to believe. You with me, family? So this is the ministry that over the past few, from the last time I spoke to Pastor Enoch, that uh, has been revealed, has been revealed to myself 
and it's become very clear. So I'm confident that after this meeting, you will have solutions. Solutions where the promise and the word given to you will have some inroads. Some may be further than others. It just depends on desire. You with me, family? But you've got to be honest. You have to be honest. I have to be honest. I'm going to read something for you, right? It's Luke chapter 16. Let's see how honest we can be. Verse 1, it says, And he said also unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward. So this is some, this is the reality, a certain rich man which had a steward. It's not a parable. And the same was accused unto him that he wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer be my steward. Now, I want us to pay careful attention to what it says. And this is Jesus that is speaking. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg, I am ashamed. Then he says, I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. Yeah? So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. He said unto him, Take thy bill, sit down quickly and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill and write fourscore. Now, I want to ask a question, family. This steward, this steward, is he doing right or is he doing wrong? Now, you must answer whatever is inside of your heart. Is it right or is it wrong what this steward is doing with his stewardship, with his master's possessions? So, he has not been, he has, he has not been a faithful steward. Are you with me? Then he makes a plan. He makes a plan to settle debts to suit himself. I ask you, is that a just action or is that an unjust action? Now, what's going to happen is, it, this is going to help you know what's inside of your heart. 90 plus percent would say this guy is a terrible guy. It's wrong what he's doing. There'll only be maybe 10% that would say, ah, this guy, if you, if you agree what this guy is doing, can you maybe raise your hand so I can ask you, why do you agree? It's wrong what he's doing. That's what it looks like to me. So when I first saw it, I looked at it. I said, this guy is doing wrong. Then when I went on, I got the shock of my life because it says, and the Lord commended the unjust steward. Because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are in the generation wiser than the children of light. Now I'm saying, whoa, whoa, I got a problem here. Because I think this is wrong in my heart. But the Lord's saying it's right. What do we do, family? Because as 
if if somebody does this to you in your business would you commend them would you commend them probably won't commend them then it means then that something is lacking with regard to what the lord calls wise and what we deem wise something is something is not right now it's either i am right and the lord is wrong or the lord is right and i am wrong so what do we do what do we do in a case like this where the what the bible is saying i don't agree with it but because it's the bible i have to force myself to agree but inside of my heart i do not agree with it but i'm forced now for the sake of the bible to agree what is the cure how do we cure this how do we cure this then afterwards it it gets even worse it says and i say unto you jesus make to yourself friends of the mammon of wickedness it's just getting worse it's getting downhill so i'm in a position where i don't believe the bible but you know what i'm going to do i will say amen when pastor reads it in church because i got to be part of the clan it's the problem we have family in the lord we don't believe we say amen belief is a product of the heart not of the mind and not of the emotions we believe in our hearts we don't believe in our mind we believe in our hearts so my heart and my mind can be on in two different places my heart my mind and my emotions can be split emotionally i feel this my mind i feel this and then my heart i feel that what do we do what do we do what do we do you see if we get this our troubles our troubles with the promises of wealth will be so called untroubled the reason why there is no manifestation as it should be number 1 is people don't believe in their hearts they don't believe in their hearts in in 2011 now don't do what i'm t- uh, uh don't do my testimony in 2011 Um I was in such a place where I just left everything to help this unbelief of mine with regard to Mammon, right? After a few months, the Lord gave me a dream, yeah? And he actually gave me the answer to my unbelief in 2011. You see how the Lord helps us because he saw my trouble. So he keeps on talking. He keeps on talking. Bring it in a different way, in a different angle. From the north, from the south, the east, the west, south, east, south, west. He continues to try so that we could get it. So, he gave me a dream, yeah? And in this dream, uh there's a pastor in Durban that always preaches about money, always, 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 and he's rich. So, in this dream, I came into this church and this same pastor was in a coffin dead he was in a coffin lying down and i'm like hey why i looked around at everyone is is a sister telling what you're doing aren't you doing anything and then i can't recall exactly 
but it was to the tune of this. And uh, the word came, if you would, um, if you would speak to him, he would get up, yeah? If you can release the word out of your mouth, he'll rise up from the dead. Yeah? That was what happened in the dream. And something happened, I think I, I did something and he moved, he moved up a little bit. So he came alive. You see, that dream, it took me 10 years to figure out what that dream actually meant. It was saying to me, your finances, they are dead. Yeah? But if you can speak to your finances, they will rise up. Now you got to understand that when a dream is delivered, it's delivered in this like parable format, which means you got to search things out. You got to do a little bit of homework. So what the Lord will do, he'll give you step four or step five. And then it's left to you to figure out step one, two, three. But if I just start now, I wake up in the name of Jesus, I speak to my finances. Okay, it's a start, but nothing is going to happen. But I need to figure out that what comes before speaking? And the thing that comes before speaking is what? Is believing. You with me? So this is how now the Lord was trying to help me out of the situation where I did not believe that this thing was possible. So he'll speak to you. Yeah, he'll speak to you there. Later on, he gave me Luke 16, a number of other things to try to help a person. You following me, family? Because now this is his investment that he's interested in. The problem I had was I could not believe. The Lord gives me a dream to tell me I must speak. <laughs> the Lord gives me a dream I must speak. I'm like, Lord, <laughs> I got a problem in my heart. So what we got to do now is we got to sort the heart out. Are you with me, family? We have to sort the heart out. Before we go there, let's go to Luke chapter 4. I seem to be liking Luke these days, right? Let's look at Jesus, right? We know that he was, he went to pray, he was with the devil, he came down from his ministry, he began his ministry, he was rejected at Nazareth. So Luke 4, 18. Let's look nicely, yeah? What it says here, or 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit, Vira, watch this, Vira. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to do what? The first thing. Can you see that? What does it say? He has anointed me to do what? to preach the gospel to the poor. It then means that Jesus is number one priority in ministry was to address what? I can't hear you, but you can say it. You can say it. I can't hear you. You got to speak here. Yeah? You got to speak. The number one thing that Jesus is addressing is poorness. Yeah, the word preach doesn't really give you that nice nandy thing, but it's like to call the poor. Which means that Jesus and poor do not go together. You 
cannot be poor family and do anything for the Lord. Go try. Go try. Poor. Poor. You cannot do anything with poorness. You cannot. It's impossible to do anything when you are poor. It's impossible. It affects your soul. It affects your mind. It affects your emotions. It affects your relationships. It is the worst thing in the world to be poor. Jesus said, the first thing is the poor. Two, he says, heal the broken hearted. Now, do you know what it means to be broken hearted? If your heart is broken, it's broken. Do you think you're going to be a strong believer if your heart's broken? How are you going to believe if your heart is broken? Because belief is a product of the heart. How are you going to believe if your heart itself is broken in pieces? You cannot believe. Or it's very difficult, rather, to believe. So Jesus says, yeah, he's come to do what? To heal the brokenhearted. Which means then that all of us, every single one of us, we need to be healed in the, in the heart. The heart needs healing. Yeah? Then afterwards he says, to preach deliverance to the captives. It means then that some are captive. You are taken. You are being held hostage. You say, how am I being held hostage? We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah? Then he says, recovery of sight to the blind, set at liberty them that are bruised. So in one of those, it means uh, to preach forgiveness. You understand? Now, pastor was saying about the foundations. Somebody might be asking, but hey, give us some nice meaty stuff. Listen, you find that a person wants to believe for big things, but a simple thing like forgiveness. And now look, I understand. I am well aware. I'm well aware that in our lives, some of us that are listening have had terrible things done to them. I get it. I get it. Some more serious than others. I know some abused when they were young. Some naughty man was an old man and he decided to interfere with young girls, men, big men with small boys. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you, we cannot move forward, you understand, if these things are not dealt with in our hearts. Now, note I'm saying... The heart. I'm not saying the mind. I did not say the mind. I said the heart. So it means then that my heart can be clean and pure, but I can struggle in the mind. That is fine. That's not a problem. Not a problem at all. You see, here's the thing with, with, with these things like forgiveness. A person, if they're forgiven from the heart and they have a challenge in the mind, they're forgiven. It's just that the soul is having a struggle. That's why it's a fight. Are you with me? So, if the heart is still broken uh, from what has happened in life to you as a person, 
unfairly unfairly it means then that the heart is going to struggle to be that ground that brings forth 30 60 100 fold it only makes sense that before you can put your seed in the ground you've got to first fix the ground you've got to first fertilize the ground you've got to first change some things in the ground before the seed can have any positive action you with me family so unless the heart is sorted out we cannot move forward yeah and then it says to preach the acceptable year of the lord so jesus's mandate then number one is to deal with poorness and to deal with poverty and beloved for tonight pastor i've got a special treat a special treat to help the beloved you see my background is that for 10 years uh when i got saved i always wanted to live uh, a life where there's supernatural you know a lot of things raising the dead doing all this stuff i always wanted to do it but the place where i was in was difficult yeah but that was me always and recently pastor you know recently this thing is has been made so simple the thing of wealth is so simple it's so simple if if god's people can adhere to this you 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 see tonight will be a great 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 night for you great great night for you especially with the promises of god now i'm specifically speaking about the promise of wealth of our lives recently pastor enoch i kept this from you a lot of people but maybe it's time just to let it out a bit there's a place there's a place that is in the spirit that has wealth, yeah? I can't say it's heaven. I cannot say it's heaven. I can't say it's heaven, but I know it's in the spirit, yeah? And there's a place that sort of replicates earth, if you get it. So, uh, whatever's going to happen on earth, there's a place in the spirit where it happens first. So, which means tomorrow, tomorrow as we know tomorrow, is Saturday. Now, there's a place in the spirit that's taken care of Saturday. You go there. You go, you go there, you go there, you go there. And uh, recently, recently, uh, I was taken there, yeah? I was taken there. Now, when I say I was taken there, this is not the dealings of the Lord. Yeah, this is this is not like um, the Lord's sovereignty where he decides, hey, look, there's Raphael, take him. No, 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 no. This was my intentions. It was my actions. It was my responsibility. And it's my actions which resulted in me going there. After the word was received, thereafter, from that point onwards, I was the one that initiated the trip to that place. Are you following me? So I initiated the trip. I know I was led by the Spirit. I know all of that. But I was the one that initiated it. And sometimes, on other occasions, not the same place, but 
for a period of days, I would go to the certain place, I would advance and I would get stuck. The next day, I would start from the beginning again. I would fast forward. And following day, I'm taken, I'm left in the place with no help. I must navigate. I must find my way. You are you with me? So this thing, part of it does not work where you just wait for the Lord to do this thing for you. No, you the one, you the one that goes there to that place to get what the word of God said for you. It's sort of like a, a, a mock earth, a mock earth that takes care of the next day, you see. And you go there, you see whatever you need to see, you come back and you just do whatever you've seen. Yeah, beautiful, brilliant. All your problems are solved with regard to manifestation of the word. It's solved. So here's what we're going to do, right? Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 1. Oh, Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to show, I'm going to show you the secret. Hallelujah. Mikey, you there, Mike? <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2, family. And I'm going to give you the secret. 2 verse 7. Genesis 2 verse 7. Y'all with me? Let's read what it says, yeah? It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. That's the answer. <laughs> That's a family we done. <laughs> Pastor, you put your mic on there, please, man. <laughs> this is it, family. We are done. This is the answer. I'm done. I'm I'm done, family. This is it, right here. It's done. It's done. <laughs> you know the thing when. When, when the Bible is recorded, right? And how the Spirit of God does it. What the Spirit of God must do, it must give answers. Yeah, It can't give answers in Abraham's time, in Jacob's time, and in Joseph's time. That answer is from another answer somewhere else. So Genesis 1, we know the story. So Genesis 2 now is, uh, is, the, is, is, is like the genealogy. It's like the generations of where, how the heavens and the earth were made. So in Genesis 2, it's all there. It's all there. It's all there. All the answers we need is in Genesis 2. Finish, clear, easy. I'll give it to you. All right. Read it again. It says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. This family is the pattern of life. It's the order of life to bring, to bring something that is invisible and make it visible. Are you with me? This is what makes the invisible visible. Right here. Yeah. Genesis 2, 7. This is what makes. This, this is what makes. This is what makes it. It makes it all visible. This is the one. Mikey. Now you'll. 
now you will understand. Now you'll understand your pastors, your pastors, uh, 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 why, your, why your pastor is so successful uh, 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 in his, um, in his uh, call as a prophet. I'll show you. Let me show you, right? It says, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So, the way, what the Spirit of God has done, it has hit something in that statement. You know, you, do you know the thing that the Spirit of God has hit? It could have read like this, yeah? And the Lord God spoke man of the dust of the ground. You see that? Now, 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 I, I want, I want us to look very, very closely now, right? Very, very closely. It does not say this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and man became a living soul. But in our lives, in our lives, what we want we want the word of God to be spoken to us and then we must become immediately what the word of God has said. Are you with me? This is how we live our life. So God speaks and then it must happen. Are you with me, family? Now here's, here's the secret. Here's the secret. This is the secret. It says, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul hey, hey wait now listen family listen listen i know you don't see it yet it's fine no problem no problem so yeah we see the word we see the breath and we see the becoming now I want to just take you out a little bit and I'll bring you back. Let me explain the anatomy of the uh, part of the anatomy of the human body, right? That when, uh, when the word is spoken, it comes into the heart, right? So in the human body, you find that blood, it comes into the heart, Mikey. You with me? Now, blood also leaves the heart. Blood comes in one way and it goes out another way. So what happens now is that the blood is like the word. It's coming inside the heart, right? But guess where, guess where the blood goes to after it comes in the heart? It goes, it goes to get breath. So it goes to the lungs. It goes to the lungs. Then what the lungs does, it gives it oxygen. Then, when it's got the oxygen, you know what happens? It comes back to the heart. And then the heart sends out oxygenated blood. You with me? So, here's the process with the word of God. How it must be in your life. So, you check that the word comes into the heart. You believe. Right? Now, when you believe... When you believe, it's not the end of the process. Mikey, you know what the word needs? It needs oxygen. It needs breath. 
It needs the breath of God. You following me? Now, what the believers have been doing is they've been taking the word, Pastor Enoch, and then sending the deoxygenated blood into the body without oxygen. Exactly. So this is what's been happening. Now, here's the order, here's the order for you tonight. That you take the word, revisit the word afresh. Let it come again. Same process, you believe it. Then the next thing, what you do is you oxygenate the word. Now you're asking me, Pastor Raphael, how do I oxygenate the word? I'm gonna tell you how you oxygenate the word. So spiritually, what you, you gotta ask yourself, what is oxygen? Spiritually, is it praise? Is it worship? Is it meditation? Is it prayer? And guess what? It is prayer. It is prayer, which means now, this is, we are trying to uh, cut down the process as much as possible. Now, a person can take the word, like me, and then immediately go into meditation. You following me? Because I love the word. But I am not doing the order properly. It does not yet have the breath of God on it. So God speaks, then it, whatever is spoken, it needs breath. So you take that word, take your pastor's prophecy over your life, take the promise of wealth, and you sit with it, and you pray it. So, let's, let's check this out, if this is true then, of the church in the book of Acts. The church in the book of Acts, they had the, they had the word of the Lord, right? Now, I want to ask you, what did they do? Did they praise did they worship? Did they meditate or did they pray? They prayed. So when they prayed, what happened thereafter after they prayed? The oxygen came. The Spirit of God came. So the oxygen came to the Word. So now that the Word received the breath of God, the oxygen, immediately afterwards, their mind changed. And their confidence levels changed and they were able to minister because it had the breath of God. The problem we have is that we have deoxygenated preachers. Deoxygenated believers. But they want life. They want life. They want life. They want life. You can't the body cannot, the body needs the lungs. It needs oxygen. It needs air. The word, Mikey. That's why when you look at Paul's revelation, right? And he goes through the gifts of the spirit. You find the, the one that needs to be practiced above all of them initially is guess what? His tongues. So all the believer needs to do then is take the word of God and be 
the promise of wealth, they don't listen. The first step is not to understand. The first step is not to know how it's going to work. The first step is to believe it and oxygenate it. So you can feel when you start out, it's a lot of expression that starts out in your tongue. When you know that you've oxygenated the word, three things you must experience. Number one is you must have peace. Number two is a joy should come over you. Number three is the love of God should develop in you with regard to that word. We are not talking about any other word. We are talking about one word specifically. We are talking about the area of wealth. Now, you, in your heart, you must have a peace. In your heart, you must have joy. I'm not talking about the mind and I'm not talking about your emotions. Leave that alone. I'm saying inside of you, Joy, joy, joy. You should be happy. Happy, 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 happy. Love what God is doing. Oh, beautiful Lord. Love you. That should come over you. Peace. Peace must come over you. That's when you know your tongue is over. But if you are a helicopter, you fighting for eight hours. It doesn't matter whether you've done it for eight hours, one hour, two hour, 30 minutes. When does the peace of God eat you? When does the joy of the Lord eat you? And when? You see, <clears throat> what the peace of God will do, the peace of God will bring you into the encounter with that thing that is spoken over you. That's why you need it. Without the peace, you cannot have the encounter. So peace is irane. It's one with God. One with God. So that word that was spoken, that God gave, when peace comes, you become one with it. But it's not, you are not finished. There's the joy that comes and there's the love of God that comes. Are you following me, family? This is the process. This is the process. It's very, Mike, Mike, this thing is very simple, Baba. Now, we look at the life of Jesus. Now you know why he prayed all night. Because he had to get oxygen. <laughs> he had to get oxygen. He had to get oxygen. What do, what do you think Jesus is doing? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Our Father who art in heaven. So what he's doing... What he's doing is, he's got the word from his father and he has to oxygenate the word. You understand? He's got to oxygenate the word. He's got to... At this point, even after you've prayed, I'll tell you a secret, Mike. You still got a problem with your mind, but that's fine. You still have a problem with your emotions, but that's fine. Now, Pastor E, when the word is oxygenated when the blood receives oxygen the heart sends the blood out to the rest of the body do you know where is one of the main places that are that the blood goes to it stores 20 percent of the blood in the human body is the kidneys it's the kidneys now if you if you look in the bible right david 
and co they would say lord try my heart and my reins so the reins the reins the reins in the bible is the kidneys the reins is the kidneys do you know why mike the word has got to go to the kidneys do you know why it's got to go to the kidneys <laughs> to take out all the impure particles that are in the kidneys there you understand you are you with me mike then it it then means that believers minds believers minds are filthy <laughs> they are filthy believers minds are wicked you understand a believer a believer can listen to a pastor preach and inside of his mind he'll swear the pastor his mind but his i say it's fine it's his mind it's his kidneys if it was his heart it's a big problem but it's not the heart <laughs> because the heart qualifies as the deed so let me give you another one right a person is not allowed to have sexuality thoughts in their heart but guess what in their mind <laughs> oh my gosh so all the filth all the filth is in the mind all the filth is in the mind mike listen your heart is sorted out it's fixed but it's only the oxygenated blood now that can renew the mind so now the mind it needs to be renewed the mind is only renewed with oxygenated blood therefore in the life of a believer before you can counsel them and attack their mind and help them in their mind they must pray they must pray they must oxygenate the word you see when jesus right when jesus ministers jesus don't pray in the day you you, you go find me that he put oxygen in the morning in the night come to the daytime he ain't praying so his success is that he's functioning with oxygen so when he prays for somebody it's an oxygenated prayer you understand or rather an oxygenated word now you've got on this side yeah we are going after world with deoxygenated blood and we are hurting our bodies in the process we are killing ourselves but you know christians they're good at holding things in they don't say i'm hurting myself i'm fine pastor i'm doing well you are not doing well you are struggling you are struggling and you need help you need help so we're giving you that help take the word and oxygenated oxygenated oxygenate the word oxygenated first right then you say but how do i renew my mind the kidneys i'm i'm going to tell you this is where now the written word comes in you understand because you got the spoken word you're operating now this is where the written word it comes in so you've got the oxygenated blood and you've got the written word in the mouth of two or three every word is established so go and get two or three witnesses from the bible look at their lives see the flow of the word of god how it only functioned when it got oxygenated what that's going to do now is to convince your your mind 
now your heart is on board and your mind is on board. So now your mind is never going to give you this challenge of it's not possible. I don't know how, how will this happen. That thing is gone. That thing will always exist as long as there's no oxygenated word coming. Your mind will always give you a problem. So then you get your witnesses, you put them together. The mind now is renewed. It's new. It's new. It comes on board with the heart. It's cleansed like the tabernacle. Now the mind's cleansed. It's pure. So you got the mind and you got the heart that are now agreeing. Remember, the heart, the heart works with desire. It works with the will of a believer. So nobody is going to want love when to pray. It's your will. You've got to will it. You've got to will it. Will it. Will it. And just start praying. So it's the function of your will. Now your will. 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 Are you following me? Then the mind is renewed via other lives. When the mind is renewed, Pastor E, you'll find then as a believer, suddenly you got confidence. Suddenly you got confidence and you begin to speak forth. You speak it forth now. But you got confidence. You know why? Because the mind is renewed and the heart is purified. That gives you confidence, which is faith. Are you following me? Now, that is your emotional state. So your emotion is on board. Your mind is on board and your will is on board. It then means that now... It then means now that your soul is two-thirds spiritualized. So now your soul is beginning to prosper. Now the soul is prospering. The soul is prospering. Remember, if the soul prospers, you get the manifestation. If the soul don't prosper, you don't get the manifestation. Are you following me? Follow me, fam. Follow me, fam. So then level one is the heart. And the word received, that is tongues. Two, two is the, um, is the oxygenated word going to the mind. That is the interpretation of tongues. Three is the emotions coming on board. It's confident for you to speak forth. That is prophecy. Are you following me? So we got those three now. Those are gifts that the spirit gives you to help you. These are gifts. It's the gift of tongues. So you are basically getting a gift to help you oxygenate the word. You don't need to pray in Sutu, in Zulu, in English. Nothing. Pray in tongues. Once you prayed in tongues, you see, when the mind is functioning, then when the mind is renewed, it will be the interpretation of the tongue. That will make you speak forth. You with me, Pastor Enoch? That will make you prophesy you yourself. So you got the prophecy of the man of God. And now you got the believer coming in alignment. So the believer themselves, they begin to speak forth. So when you start, when you start out initially, it might take you one hour, two hours, three hours. But when you in this thing continuously, it's a minute, it's two minutes, it's three minutes. Because it goes from Shabanda Samba, boom, interpretation, boom, prophecy. Are you with me? That is the foundation layer for any manifestation in any, in, in any area 
with regard to the word of the Lord. Very simple. Very, very, very simple. So what you have is the gift of the Spirit in operation. Then you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is temperance, the mastery of words. You with me. Uh, for the mind to be renewed, it needs humility. It needs humility for the mind to be renewed. You need to abase yourself. You need to humble yourself. Can you see how they all go together? Mikey, you following there? You see how it goes? So these are the core parts now. We're going from Brazil. We are doing detail here. Like, I mean, this is like super, super surgical, surgical. There's no, there's no gray areas. There's nothing left for you. It's just for you to be obedient and it's just for you to believe you see if you if you believe if you believe when the meeting is done whatever you had planned after the meeting you would say hey no look uh, 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 i really need to attend to something you'll go pray you'll go get oxygen you go you, you go get oxygen but with regard to the word you're not praying for anything else you're praying with regard to the word that was spoken over your life you see, Pastor, this is how the grace, you understand, is being developed for the millions and the grace is being developed for the billions. It's not about having money. It's about the soul prospering. You see, the, the soul of man, the soul of man is a very weak thing. Yeah, very, very weak, very, very weak. And it's like God, he just knows, like, ah. If you look at the life of Eve, how is it possible that a perfect human being can not remember one sentence? It's because the soul, the soul is basically, you know, the soul has got so much ability, but it's like stupid, you understand? It's like weak. It needs to be educated. It needs education. You see, our spirits, they need strengthening. Our soul, it needs education. It needs development. It needs to be developed in the word. There ain't no word in your soul. There ain't no word in my soul. You with me? One line Eve cannot remember, and she's perfect. Perfect. What about us that are born in this wickedness here? Vida, listen, Vida. You see the challenge, the challenge I know me personally that I have is memory. You can have whatever encounter you want to have, but when you come back here yeah, on earth, can you remember what happened? And that's the, the soul's responsibility. So now what we got to do is educate the soul. Educate the soul. Educate the soul. Educate the soul. So this is what we do now. This is the teaching. We're educating the soul. Now, Mikey, do you know how you'll know when confidence comes to you? The believer, Pastor E, the moment the area they arrive in the area of confidence, their mind's been renewed and their emotions are confident, you see? Their emotion, their emotion is confident. You can see it, they're confident. Is, they'll sing. They'll sing. When a person, when a person does not uh, 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 praise the Lord or worship the Lord, you'll find it's because of confidence. It's an emotional state. There's no confidence. I know this thing. 
see, you see what the what the praise pastor E and the worship does. It opens it opens the scroll of knowledge and it opens the scroll of wisdom. It opens it up. So now the word is oxygenated, the mind's renewed, the emotions is confident. What do you need? You need knowledge, Baba Mikey. <laughs> you need knowledge. You need wisdom. You need wisdom. You need discernment. Because now you enter in the time when you as a believer, it's not time to pray. The praying time is over. It's over. The praying time is done. The mind being renewed, it's over. Now is the time to work. Now is the time to light the candlesticks. Now is the time for fresh bread on the table. Now is the time for the incense to be going up. You see? That is where this thing begins to manifest, Pastor e, Is when you access the book of knowledge, the book of wisdom, and the gift of discernment. The moment a person can move into the gift of discernment, you must know it's time to rest. You rest. It's done, Mikey. It's done. Because that's when Aaron's rod begins to bud. You see, the priest now, once the priest has done that work, now I'm talking scriptural. I can make it plain, Mike. I can see your face there. I'll make it plain for you, right? So, this, this is the area, Pastor E, of diligence. You stay on the thing. Stay on it. Stay on this thing. Don't let it go. Don't let it leave you. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep on working it. Keep on working it. Keep on working it. The book is going to open. Keep on working it. Keep on working it. The wisdom is going to come. Keep on working it. The know-how. The know-how to, to uh, uh, practicalize the wealth is going to come. It's work. It's daily. It's work daily. You understand? So the priest, he works every day. It's daily work. It's daily work. So now you stay on it. You stay on it. You stay on what? You stay on it. You stay on it. You stay on it. You stay on it. These things is goodness in the Bible. It's gentleness in the Bible. And it's patience in the Bible. Stay on it. Stay committed to it. Stay on it. Stay on it. Stay on it. It'll open up. You'll be taken. You'll go. You'll go and you'll see that book open, Mikey. And it will tell you, Michael, A plus B is equal to C. All you got to do, all you got to do, you, Pastor E, you work it in the realm. In the realm, you still got to work. You need gentleness and goodness in the realm. You need diligence in the realm. You get it there. So you come back, it's like you come back with a formula. You see, I'm, I'm talking code. You come back with a formula. You come back with a formula. That formula, you put you on earth, yeah. You make it work. You do the formula when you're here on earth. And you get the result. It's simple. So when I read about Jesus uh, coming to preach to the poor, you'll find after that, it mentions that a person uh, uh, speaks about the blind receiving sight. One of the ways, Pastor E, a person will know if they've oxygenated the word is, guess what? Oxygen. You see the oxygen part? It gives sight. The sight opens. You begin to see. 
If the word is oxygenated, you will see. You can, it's, it's impossible not to see. It's impossible not to see. If, you see, your pastor told me his secret after many years. He said that he saw these guys, they were praying, praying, and they were having this in visions. Because of the prayer life, you find then that the sight, the sight is more functional. Because of prayer, because of oxygen. You with me? So how you will know now that this one, no. You haven't been praying enough. That's why you don't see anything. <laughs> if you pray, you will see. Now, your pastor will tell you that seeing is not the end because he has seen the billions upon billions upon billions. But it is not the end. You understand? So seeing is only the beginning. That is why, Pastor E, there, there it says that Jesus says to make the lame walk. This is not only talking about physical conditions. It's talking about spiritual conditions, which means... I can see, you understand. I can hear, but I'm lame. That was me. You see me? Lame. Don't want to work. But, but you can see. You can hear. You with me? But you are lame. You are lame. It doesn't mean you can, because you see something that is yours. No. It means that it can be yours because you've seen it. It should be yours because you've seen it. So now you got to deal with the slothfulness. The slothfulness associated to the word. You got to work this thing every day. You got to work it every single day. Every single day. You see, what the praise and worship should do, Pastor Enoch, the praise and worship you should open up the book of manifestation. If you look at, uh, at Ephesians, we discussed this in, in the 40 days, that the moment the, 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 you sing in your heart, you find that there's a movement that's taking place in the womb. The eggs, the dust, they move in, which means now there's a process that's taking place. It's on the way to manifestation. So the singing, Pastor E, the praise and the worship, if a person is at that point, you must know they, they're almost there. It's two-thirds. It's two-thirds. It's two-thirds. There's What's left then is just the rest afterwards. Now, Mikey, you can't go and just start praising and worship tonight. No, Papa. Start from the beginning. Get the oxygen in. Yeah. Let it go inside the heart. Let it come out to the body. Let it get purified there by the kidneys. Get all the waste out of your the junk out of the mind yeah let it flow to the rest of the body influence the emo your emotional state bring confidence that should accelerate you into a praise and a worship for god you understand the incense it should rise it should get to the filling and it should return to you you should go into a state of peace joy and love and manifestation Quick, quick. 
No stories. No difficulties. Simple procedure. You got the nine gifts. You got the nine fruit in operation. The order of life. Hallelujah. Don't look. Mikey, don't look so worried, Mikey. You're looking worried like, ish. Forget, forget whatever. Forget whatever. Here is the pattern. Here is the order. It is the order. It is the order to get provision. It is given. You see, the soul, the soul, it, 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 uh, it's, it accelerates when certain things are done to it because it's, 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 it's laden with, with ability, but it needs certain triggers to get spiritualized, to not fight with the spirit. So once it gets spiritualized, you're in, man. Come on. The body surely will have the effects. You get it? Praise the Lord. So that is the process. That is a clear, no, no, no person can have an excuse. No one, no one can say, I didn't know, I don't understand now. We actually, you know, we went further. You, have, you haven't sought out anything to get these answers. You made yourself available. All you got to do is just believe and do it. Praise the Lord, Pastor. You know, come good. Yes, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Great stuff, yeah. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I will put, I will, we'll put more oxygen in there. The right amount of oxygen. Now, not too much, Mikey. You can't have too much oxygen, you'll die. The right amount of oxygen. Yeah, so, praise the Lord. Yeah. That's fine, yeah. That's fine, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Pastor, Pastor E, if I'm a sir, you see, they, it's just that sometimes you can't give too much, you understand? You got, it's, there, there must be something left for the person to, you see, some meat on the bone. But, but the one thing that, uh, that you see, that is really beautiful is, which, uh, which uh, I experienced yeah, in the, uh, in the outer body experiences of the Lord. We're talking about conscious and then going to this place that there really is, there really is a place of wealth. It's a place. It's, it's, it's a blank check. It's a blank check. And uh, my, my struggle, my struggle was to retain the information that was in that place. So it shows then that there are certain uh, things that the soul needs to further develop itself because if the soul is not uh, is developed here yeah, then no matter what is shown to you you can't make it here on earth you can't produce it here on earth and one of the things that will help the uh, that will help the beloved in this area is unrighteous mammon is befriending unrighteous mammon because the the benefits the benefit of failing in unrighteous mammon is actually a development for the soul. So the soul becomes more intense when it fails. It's strange how it works. So the soul is in like a passive stage, yeah? But the thing that will shake up a person, which Jesus knew, is take your money and do something with it. Take your money and do something. Now, the person... Uh, 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 will be afraid now. It shows the condition of the soul. You see? So the behavior that the believer shows with the way they handle money, yeah? It will determine, obviously, how this thing manifests, but more so, how your soul develops. So over the past, like, uh, over the past few months, yeah? Uh, I said to the wife, 80%, 80% of, of whatever money I get, I lose. Eighty percent, I lose, I fail. But every single time that I've failed, something has opened up to my soul. My soul has got more educated. So my soul got more educated. It got more educated. It got more educated. It got more educated. Then, the one time when I prayed about all these failings the whole night, guess what happened? A voice said to me, now you will never fail. You know why? You know why? Because I oxygenated the word. Oxygenated word can never fail. 
impossible. It's impossible to fail. It's impossible to fail, bruh. But the believers' problem is they can't even fail with 10 rand. Not even 10 rand. So it means if I have 100,000 rand coming into my hand, I'll fail with 80,000 rand. But my soul is developed on another level altogether. I've got insight into things that I never had. Things are solved for me. I see things clearly because it says you fail to enter. So when you, the, when you fail, your benefit of failing is you will enter everlasting habitations. So what's happening to the soul is that it keeps on getting developed. That's not to say we'll, we'll always fail, no. But, but it's showing, it's showing that the stubbornness of people, the stubbornness, because the soul is a very stubborn thing, yeah? A person can be very spiritual, but their soul, their soul can have so, so many stains that it has, yeah? And to root out those things, guess what, Baba? It's money. It's money. Go ask Abraham. Abraham, Abraham was, was failing dismally, Yeah? The Lord said to him, Abraham, you want to know how this will come to pass? He says, go and take your unrighteous mammon and offer it up to me. You get it? So that is a development of the soul. So the soul now is possessing something that uh, is being developed to allow the word of God to uh, proceed and to produce via it. That's why the Bible, you find offerings in the whole Old Testament. It's not that God's people, God, uh, God's ministers got a lack or whatever. It's because there's a quality in the soul that the believer needs to develop in. And it can only happen with money. So if a person is stingy, it will never happen. It'll never happen. If a person's stingy, it'll, that's why these guys with this I blew it show, you find that a lot of these guys, they're not stingy. They might be wrong in the execution. They might spend it all in six months, one year, but they're not stingy. They went once, twice, three times, four times because there's a quality that they have. So now with the believer now, the believer will just be like, you know, counting every penny playing one rand imagine you you take one rand okay you get your one rand development in your soul 